Season 1, Episode 82, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts Chapter 7, Verses 1 through 60. And Schofield has two uh, outline points here. The first uh, is at the beginning of Chapter 7, the address of Stephen who in chapter 6 was just made a uh, deacon. And chapter 6 ends with the council looking at him as if he had the face of an angel. And they continue that look until he gets to verse, uh, well, three verses, three verses from the end of his address. They love him through this whole address. If he'd have just left the three last, the conclusion of his message out, of which they charged him and stoned him, and he was calling on the Lord to forgive them, not to take this charge to their credit, because I think he'd witnessed the death of Jesus Christ. I think these uh, seven um, deacons were were they were men of miracles. They were men of like apostles. I think they were candidates for uh, Matthias's seat, the twelfth apostle. And uh, at any rate, Stephen is the first martyr. All right, and that's what chapter 7 is about. All right, so uh, we will start in Acts chapter 7, verse 1. And I told you this follows. Uh, if, we, you, if you look back at chapter 6, verses 12 and 14, for they heard it. For we have heard him say that this is Jesus of Nazareth, which shall destroy this temple and shall change the custom of Moses. These are the, probably the same uh, false witnesses that were, were uh, bribed to give testimony against Jesus, which occurred, I'm, I, I mentioned it, Luke doesn't really give us a timetable, but if you take Pentecost 50 days after and then this is the next story, and, and uh, I don't think uh, more than a couple months have passed by. It's the same high priest, Caiaphas, that's here, and uh, his father-in-law, Annas, and I'm sure the council players haven't changed. Uh, so they listened to this testimony, this false testimony, which they bribed. For we have heard, just like with Jesus, for we had heard him say, Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place, and shall change the customs of Moses delivered unto us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. So the very next uh, chapter starts with, Then said the high priest, Are these things so? Young man, surely you can't be uh, threatening to tear down this temple. And this is the way he starts. And I don't know if you're a lawyer, you might want to be interested in this. It's just amazing. What a, and, 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 and the last thing he says is nothing but forgiveness. As the rocks are coming in, as he's dying, he says, you know, uh, don't charge this sin against them. Same words as, as Jesus. But anyway, um, okay, cha uh, seven, chapter 7, verse 1. Then the high priest... Then, then said the high priest, Are these things so? And Stephen said, Men, brethren, 
and fathers. Hearken or listen. The glory of God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Sharon, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come to a land which I shall show you. Then came Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon, and from thence when his father was dead, he moved him into the land wherein you now dwell, uh, Judea, the land of Canaan, the Jordan River, Jerusalem. Uh, he, was, he set up camp right here uh, near Jerusalem in Haran, uh, Hebron, and he was the first Hebrew, but Abraham was. But he was not Jewish. His uh, grandson, Jacob, was. He had other grandsons. He had other sons. He had one with the handmaid. He had uh, one with Sarah. He had, after Sarah died, he had more sons with, with other people. He was the father of many nations. Acts chapter 7, verse 5. And God gave Abraham no, none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and for a seed after him, when as yet he had no child. He didn't even have uh, the uh, first child, the, the child of the bondswoman, um, Esau. Is that right? I get I get Jacob and Esau confused with. Uh, okay, well, call me an idiot, but whatever his son was with uh, with the bondswoman, Sarah's handmaid. We're not studying Genesis, so I'm not gonna say any more about it. But you can look it up. And, and a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, Egypt. Uh, I mean, his seed, which was really the children of Israel through Jacob, uh, is the point here, and, and the source of the Messiah, the fulfillment of the promise, in, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That was through Israel, son Judah, uh, you can study the genealogies in Matthew and Luke if you'd like. They're pretty interesting. Fourteen generations from Abraham to David. Fourteen David generations from David to the Babylonian captivity. And fourteen generations from the Babylonian captivity to Christ. So you could be a wise man and predict uh, at least the time of his arrival. Anyway, and pick Bethlehem if you were a real student of the Old Testament. All right, so... Uh, uh, verse 6, And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years, which is exactly what they did. There were 400 years from Joseph, who was the second in command of Egypt and loved by Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Uh, then there came a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, and they were in slavery for 400 years. And, of course, Moses brought them out. And uh, just let me quickly say that, uh, that Moses and Joseph and Jesus have something in common. Uh, Moses and Jesus have the fact that when they were babies, uh, Herod and Pharaoh tried to kill all the babies in the land. Uh, Pharaoh threw them, threw them in the Nile. Uh, Herod just had his soldiers kill them, but both of them were, were uh, escaped that, that death. 
And um, Joseph, they were all three, Moses, Joseph, and Jesus were rejected by his, by Israel. And, um, and they all rescued uh, and saved Israel. Uh, Moses and jo Joseph uh, physically, uh, Jesus spiritually, and, and all that believe in him. All right, so, um, and the nation, verse 7, and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, Egypt, said God, uh, with ten plagues, and after that they shall come forth and serve me in this place. The tenth plague being the Passover lamb, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, was a picture of Christ right there. Okay, verse uh, 8. And God gave Mos uh, Moses the covenant. I'm sorry. And God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs, who sits on twelve thrones in the New Jerusalem, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, read the last uh, chapters of Revelation. Uh, chapter 7, verse 9. And the patriarchs moved with envy and sold Joseph into Egypt. And God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions, slavery, uh, thrown in prison, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph and God made, and Pharaoh made, Joseph, governor over Egypt, and all his house. Now there came a dearth over the land of Egypt, and seven years of feast and seven years of famine in Canaan, and great affliction, and our fathers found no substance. And Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, and sent out our fathers first. And the second time Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. This all takes place in the uh, book of Genesis. In fact, the book of Genesis ends with the death of Joseph. And Exodus, the second book of the Bible, begins with the birth of Moses. But 400 years are between those. There came a Pharaoh that knew not Moses. And verse 14, Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him, and all his kindred, threescore and fifteen, that would be seventy-five souls. So, again, this is the history of Israel from, uh, well, Abraham before even uh, Jacob was born. But uh, the nation of Israel here consists of seventy-five people when they enter into Egypt. Verse 15, So Jacob went down into Egypt and died and he and our fathers which would be uh, the tw twelve sons of Jacob and to include Joseph and they're carried away to Sychem and laid in the sepulcher of Abraham brought, bought for some of money from the sum of Emor the father of Sychem verse 17 and when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham 
and the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king or pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph. The same dealt, that same pharaoh dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated our fathers. Um, and this is 400 years of the growth of, I think most scholars would tell you that there's like 3 million people in Egypt. And, and, and they were so many numbered, that's why Pharaoh wanted them destroyed. Um, and tried to when he wiped out all the little babies trying to get Moses. But, and so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. Uh, Moses was cast out, but God had other plans for him. He was picked up, ironically, he was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. Which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt, of the Egyptians, and was mighty in word and deed. He was probably a really good warrior and a really good engineer. Um, verse 23. And when Moses was full 40 years old, and Moses' life can be divided in four, three forties. He was 40 when he revealed himself and killed the Egyptian and had to leave. He was 80 when he saw God in a burning bush, or God spoke to him from the burning bush, and he was uh, so 40 years in Egypt, 40 years a shepherd, and when he was 80 when he, when he saw the burning bush, and 40 years as the leader of the 3 million people leaving Egypt and all that that entailed. Uh, read the book of Exodus. Great book. Anyway, um, for he supposed that his verse... Uh, oh, let me see here. Okay. Verse 21. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him and nourished him for her own son. And he was, and Moses was learned in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in word and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffering suffer wrong, he defended him, which legally is a... Is, uh, if somebody's using deadly force against somebody, you can use deadly. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry I'm trying to defend Moses. A lot of people say he was a murderer. I'm not exactly sure, but it doesn't matter. Um, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. We're all guilty, and we're all guilty of all. So look to the Savior. That's all I got to say. That's what Moses did. Moses wrote of him, spoke of him. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. Okay, um... Okay. Um, full 40 years old and came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing of one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that oppressed him and, and smote or killed the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that, but that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. The next day, he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, you are brethren, why do you wrong one another? And he that did his neighbor wrong 
thrust Moses away, saying, Who made me, who made thee a ruler and judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? So I think Moses thought he got away with it, but he didn't. And um, then fled Moses at the saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, and begat two sons. And this is all we're going to talk about that 40 years. And when 40 years were expired as a shepherd and the father of two boys, uh, there appeared to him in the wilderness, in Mount Sinai, the angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. And Moses saw it and wondered at the sight. And as he drew near it, behold, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold or, or would not look up. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen and I have seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, And I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Boom. You know, uh, know, I I think Moses was fine hearing, you know, what God was going to do until he said, I will send thee into Egypt. And then Moses started coming up with excuses, but God won. Forty years earlier, he was ready to to fight for them and deliver them, but but not by himself. Anyway, uh, 7.35, And Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over you? The same did God send to be the ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared unto him in the bush. So let me just say, this is, again, I'm getting so much into the history here that I'm forgetting that this is... Uh, um, Stephen's defense, if you will, but it's not a very good one because they they charge him at the end of it. But it's a very legitimate one. It's a very sincere one, and he's you know going to preach the gospel, and the gospel involves the, the the saving work of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. All right. Um, Uh, this Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a judge, a ruler or a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel that appeared in the bush. He brought them, Moses brought them out after that Moses had showed wonders and signs, ten to be exact, in the land of Egypt, in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness forty years. And the, the ten plagues ended with the Passover the death of the firstborn unless you put the blood of the lamb over your door and at the Passover and at the baptism of Jesus John the Baptist said behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world Jesus was sacrificed at the Passover and they you know all of Egypt all of Israel was killing the Passover lamb and and he was uh, being killed on the cross anyway um in the next day, because you kill the lamb before the Passover, so you can eat the Passover meal. Anyway, moving right along. 
Um, verse 40. Okay. Um, man, this I'm just not used to this screen moving around on me. Um, this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, Prophet, shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him you shall hear. Verse 35, And Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a judge and a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a, and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, and in the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, and in the wilderness, uh, water, the manna, 40 years. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, he shall, him you shall hear. And they will during the tribulation. They're going to come to Christ in great numbers um, and really earn their place in 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 the new heaven. Um, and the, the 12 sons of Jacob will have 12 thrones and the 12 apostles, their names are carved in the foundation of the new Jerusalem. And uh, it's a story of God's amazing grace. But it's up to you. Anybody can be a believer at any time. Rahab the harlot, Tamar who played the harlot, they're in the line of Christ. Uh, Ruth the Moabitess, she's in the line of Christ. She's a Moabite, she's not Israel. So God, whosoever believes in him should not perish. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Um, this is he that was in the church of the wilderness with the angel that spake to him at Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. During that 40 years, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. To whom all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, for, profit, for profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible is written, and the, by the way, the definition of disciple is learner. So what kind of learner are you? I can tell you as a teacher, they're, they're few and far between. So uh, be the best learner you can be. I love teaching because it helps me learn. But um, uh, this is he that was in the church of the wilderness with the angel that spake to him to Moses at Mount Sinai with our fathers and received the, whole, the lively oracles or the first five books of the Bible given unto us to whom the fathers would not obey but thrust him from them and their hearts turned back again to Egypt. Okay, so just, you know, he was, Moses was rejected. Christ was rejected. Uh, Christ is coming back as their redeemer. Uh, he came the first time as the payment of sin for all mankind. But uh, anyway, verse 40, uh, saying unto Aaron, his older brother, make us, the people said this while Moses was up receiving the Ten Commandments, uh, and maybe the 
first five books of the Bible, I don't know. Um, it, it, I think it was a supernatural thing myself. I don't think he received actual written. He did receive actual carved stones of Ten Commandments. They didn't come down with the first five books of the Bible, I don't think. I think he wrote them. But anyway, so uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying unto Aaron, make us, but, but while he was up getting the Ten Commandments, the people, Israel, so Joseph is kind of saying, Israel's you know, not been very faithful. Because Moses is, no, yeah, Moses is, yeah, 400 years after Abraham. Make us God's, well, more than maybe 500 years. Make us God's to go before us uh, as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifices unto the idol and rejoiced in the works of their hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, zodiac, whatever. And as it was written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, you have offered me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of 40 years in the wilderness. So it doesn't sound like they were too faithful in the wilderness. None of that generation survived. But uh, ye, ye, yea, ye took up the tabers, tabernacles of Molech. So the, the golden calf was not the end of their idol worship. And the stars of the god Rimphan, figures which you made worship them, made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, which Moses which uh, God had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion which he had seen in the mountain during those 40 days, which also our Father that came after brought in with Jesus, Joshua, sorry. It, it, it does say Jesus, but it's, it's another name for Joshua. Joshua followed Moses and led the children into the possession of the Gentiles into the possession of the Gentiles who brought in with him, with Joshua into the possession of the Gentiles whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the day of King David. So now we're 40 year, generations after Abraham in the history of Israel. Uh, who found favor before God and desired to fi find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built God a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, excuse me, heaven is my throne, excuse me, and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all things? Think about it, it's pretty hard to make God something, but anyway, uh, we, he says jump and we say how high, hopefully. Um, verse 51. Okay, these are, the, these are the last three verses of his address. And I don't think he said anything that stepped on anybody's toes. I mean, he's only covered the first 14 generations. And now we, there's 28 that he's kind of not addressed. But, uh, but now he's, he's done talking to these guys. And he says unto them, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, 
you do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. The law to the Jew is the Torah. But by this time they have all the prophets. They have the entire Old Testament. Anyway, the stoning of Stephen. And that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses. And when they heard these things, when the council heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. I'm going to assume that's a metaphor. I, I doubt they started gnawing on his arms and legs. But I think they were not happy, obviously. And they, they did a pretty quick turnaround here. From the face of an angel, the end of this speech, to, uh, well, I'll read what happened. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, as the rocks were coming in on him. Or maybe before the rocks came in. Anyway, he knew he was in trouble. Looking up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. My Bible college professor, uh, we'll call him Bob, he, uh, he, I remember when he taught this to me and, and uh, just very moving. You know, that, that Stephen got a standing ovation because Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. But I, I, it was something I didn't forget, you know, that Stephen, Stephen hit a home run here. Anyway, um, verse 56, and said, he's, he's looking up into heaven and uh, steadfastly saw the glory of God, Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. I was wondering how Luke would have known what he saw, but there he just he, he said what he saw. And Luke had to uh, say it in verse 55. And Jesus said, uh, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried and the council cried with a loud voice and stopped up their ears didn't want to hear another word, and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city of Jerusalem and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Yeah, the writer of 13 or 14 of the New Testament books. Most prolific writer of the New Testament. But this was before he became a believer on the road to Damascus. And Verse 59, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying. They stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and saying. This is Stephen calling upon God and saying. Lord Jesus. When you elevate the Lord Jesus, you're not, God is not offended. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Well, he sees him standing there. So, uh. At this point, you're absent from body and present with the Lord. There's no paradise anymore. That's empty. Verse 7, last uh, verse of chapter 7. 
verse 60, And Stephen kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Uh, I would call him a follower of Jesus Christ. And when Stephen had said this, he fell asleep, which is called a euphemism. Because uh, I think it, I mean, maybe it's not too hard to sleep when people are throwing rocks at you. But uh, I think these were stoning rocks. These were not pebbles. These were rocks that any one of them could probably put you to sleep. Well, I hope you got something out of Acts chapter 7. Uh, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible and one of my favorite speeches. And uh, I will say to you, adios, vaya con Dios. Adios is to God and vaya con Dios is go with God. And you can do that by trusting Christ as your Savior and uh, you'll take the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. You'll be this, the, uh, you're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. Vaya con Dios.